Yo fam, as you know, there's uncertainty in the workforce and it's always a great idea to help multiple streams of income and to also educate yourself during this pandemic. Look, I have the perfect opportunity for your Forex and Tradera can meet both those needs. Earn while you learn from making an additional $1,000 or more monthly. If this sounds like the perfect opportunity for you, please contact my friend Lakeisha Miller at ltmiller.tradera at gmail.com. Tradera is spelled T-R-A-D-E-R-A. Check out. She may have a plan for you. Peace. What a weekend. Let's jump into it. You are now in the cut with your boy, Keith. Yo, what's good, fam? This is God's bad boy, Keith Jefferson, coming back at you with another In The Cut episode. Thankful and blessed to be here. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the podcast. And as always, I love you all because I wouldn't be here if y'all wasn't supporting me. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, Tonight's going to be real short. Um, I made a video earlier today because last night, um, for those who in the apologetic community, those who's interested in the different uh, religious camps, or those who don't even know about apologetics. Um, the other night between Vocab Malone, who's uh, famous, he's a famous urban apologetic. He uh, rolls with Dr. James White and also uh, Jeff Durbin, uh, both of them were, uh, in the Reformed Theology camp. And for those who don't know what Reformed Theology is, it's basically they follow the teachings of John Calvin. Uh, vocab, um, his thing in, a per, in urban apologetics is to refute the claims of Hebrew Israelites. And typically, and, and this is this is something new for me, because typically you will find Hebrew Israelites who are very dogmatic, who are very extreme in their teachings. But I ran across um, some uh, one of the sisters, she's from Memphis and uh, who I admire dearly, um, Sister E and um, and also um, Tao Ministries, who are in the moderate position. I think Dante uh, Fortson also is in the moderate position. I think that over the years and, and I must lump myself in that, that that we looked at the Hebrew Israelites as all of them as being this extreme fringe of religion, um, Judaism. But that's not the case. And the thing is, is that when we look at Vocab Malone's platform, um, he lumps all of them into the same category, which is, you know, it's kind of disingenuous because there, there are certain aspects of Christianity in which I don't agree with. Because we have to remember that the Ku Klux Klan is labeled as a Christian organization, but by the fruit that they bear, it's hard to say that they are Christian. And with these moderates who are um, Hebrew Israelites, they believe in Jesus. They believe in, in, in the fruits of the spirit. They believe pretty much what uh, the Christian body as a whole believe. It's just that they believe, which is their ethnic Israel, which I don't have a problem with that, because as I stated on Berean's um, show tonight, I don't argue about genealogy. That's not for me to do. My thing is to promote the gospel and promoting the gospel and being in the spirit allows me to discern things, to discern the schemes of the devil as I progress in, in living this life here on earth while storing up a treasure for heaven. So I'm not going to argue about genealogy because it's simple for me, as I stated tonight on the show, that I do believe some black folks are Israel. I mean, just just by the simple geology, I mean, not geology, but geography. 
I mean, we look at the geography of where Israel was. I mean, we, we look at the region. We look at who they associated with. And to me, it just common sense that you had a darker hue of people who occupied that region. And now we're having some scholars who's coming out and saying, yes, um, th there were a darker shade of people. And, and it, was, it was funny because they were surprised because I am an evangelical for me to admit that. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it, that, that's, kind of, that's, that's never been a mystery for me to think that the people who in Israel uh, were a darker shade of people. Now, I understand that during the diaspora, especially after the destruction of the temple in AD 70, that they, they left. And when we look at, the, you know, 2000 years plus, we look at population shift. There are some genetic variations. I mean, we see it in Eskenazi Jews and, and some of the others that there are some genetic variations. Some are lighter in tone, some are even fair in turn. But it's again, because of that, because I understand genetics and population shift, it's not for me to get into genealogy. And Paul talks about that in the gospel. But the main point is, is that, you know, if, if we're going to have these debates about what it is that we believe, as I said in my video uh, on my solo video about my points that I wanted to make on my observation is that we got to make sure that we have all our facts together for people who know me personally. They know that I believe in having my facts together before I put anything out. Because for one, that's what I was taught in college. Number two, as a chief pub public information officer of a national park and also information officer for wildland fire. I didn't want to have to retract any statements because that's your reputation. If, if you are a type of person who's putting out false statements or not um, tying all your shoelaces or dotting all your eyes, crossing all your T's, you know, your, your credibility becomes very suspect when you make claims. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a very stickler of that. And, and next thing about when you're debating, especially when you talk about theology, you have to put your emotions in check. You're supposed to put your emotions in check anyway, because we all know that the heart is a deceiver and it is desperately wicked. So we have to remember that because our emotions are tied to our heart and the heart can deceive us. And we have to be when people disagree or when they challenge us, we can't allow for our emotions to hijack the message. Or right, guess what? People start paying attention to the message. And that was the case because uh, on Varen's show tonight, Susani and I disagreed on the format because I established the fact that if you're going to debate, the affirmative position should always go first. And I don't care if you're a challenge, because, you know, if you're on the, if you're on the pro side of the issue, then the pro side should go and lay out the foundation to say, OK, this is what I believe. And then the negative position comes in and say, OK, Here's why I don't believe the affirmative. But, you know, to me, I'm like, OK, I feel on what she's saying, but I disagree. I respectfully disagree on that. Here's my next point on that is that when you debate theological topics, not only do you have to understand the um, audience, but you must understand the people who are debating. Now, uh, for those who don't know who Vocab Malone is, I suggest you go to his YouTube page and look at how he performs urban apologetics. And apologetics are people who defend the faith. If the faith is attacked, they are the ones who defend it with biblical scripture and logic. 
and which is nothing wrong with that because you have some you have some people who don't believe that the Bible needs defending. I disagree with that. Matter of fact, when I was in seminary, that was one of my strong suits was apologetics and systematic theology. Because I think those are important because we're in a time where people are just not accepting anything. You know, then you're looking on the Internet and they find all type of information running with it. And they don't understand what this information is about. They think Gnostic Gospels are the same as the Synoptic Gospel. I'm like, no, they're totally different. And it was also found in a different collection of manuscripts. They are not the same. They were written in different time periods. So they are not the same. But people use things like the Gospel of Thomas in order to make a theological position because they don't understand what the gospel of Thomas is. And therefore what they're trying to promote is false. When you try to put it up against scripture, like John, Luke, Matthew, they lose out each and every time because they don't understand what it is and how to defend it. But then you got some who are very sharp with it. I mean, you have Muslims when they, when they have to defend or go against Christians, they are very good. They know some of the weaknesses of Christianity that they try to attack. And you have to know, it's a couple of things you have to know. You have to, first off, you have to know scripture. Then you have to know church history. Then you have to know language. When you start getting into these things on, especially on the academic level. So it's crucial that you know that you study extra hard when you're dealing in apologetics. Not saying that you don't have to do it in any other era, but apologetics is, is key because all eyes are on you because you're out there in the public. You're out there saying this, you're making these claims. You got to make sure that your claim or assertions are true and that they make biblical sense to orthodox Christianity. The thing about vocab is, that, you know, and my thing is that I don't have a problem with he, he um, defending or challenging people who challenge Christianity. But one thing that I am concerned with was how he moves when doing it. And as I said on, on the shoulder tonight is, is that how you make moves is so important because uh, I'm paraphrasing first, first Peter 3 and 15 about, you know, be, be ready to give a defense, but do it in gentleness. We're not supposed to hit folk over the head and this condemn or do personal attacks or just be snide. It's a way we do it because at some point we all were lost to the knowledge of Christ. And for those who are lost in, the, in Christ, how do you expect to be drawn to Christ if you're carrying in a certain way that's very antagonistic? You being degraded, you being dismissed, you're not trying to hear what they, they're going to say. In a debate between he and Dante Fordson, um, Dante is a moderate Hebrew Israelite. And one of the things that they were debating was the 400 years prophecy in which Israel was supposed to be um, placed in, you know, in, in captivity. And Dante gives the prophecy said that it was linked to the transatlantic slave trade. Now, on that position, I disagree because I think when that was made in the Old Testament, I think it was for that for that specific time. But but some people believe in dual prophecy. You know, at, at this point, I'm not sold on that, but that's OK. The thing that concerns me is, is if you're going to debate, it needs to. To be thorough information. It needs to be thorough, needs to be fact checked, and it needs to be cross referenced with every sources. Because providing one or two sources to support your claim, it isn't enough. I mean, we learned this and we learned this in senior English in high school, and we especially learned this in, in English, undergrad English, if you took rhetoric. So it's not enough to say, okay, this is fact based off one or two claims. Now, granted, he was the only one to bring some scholarly sources while vocab Malone 
decided you know i guess the freestyle the challenge but my thing is even if you challenge you have to have a foundation because this isn't the first time that this argument has been up and you have to have a foundational counter argument to what dante was presenting but to me it wasn't uh, and then like i said on the other end dante presented some scholarly sources but as i always say you, you really need to do literary research review on the sources that you're using because most of the time i'm in i'm in the um, conservative community when it comes to theology he brought information from Princeton and Yale. And for me, they just don't cut it because I understand that they are liberal institution and liberal institution don't always teach Bible, Bible, Bible. Unlike conservative institutions where I went, no, it was strictly Bible, nothing else but Bible, which I was fine with because I knew what I was getting myself into was nothing but Bible. Now, you go again, you go to Princeton, you go to Yale Seminary, you go to Baylor, um, Duke, I think I named SMU, and there's some others who are liberal, which means that they accept a lot of other things that have a tendency to read into Scripture. They don't let Scripture interpret itself, and that leads, and that leads to the danger of eisegesis. If you don't know what eisegesis is, I do ask you to check out my YouTube channel, which is Keith Jefferson. Look at the bare basics of biblical interpretation where I discuss exegesis versus eisegesis. So check that out. But the main thing is, people, here's the practical application of this. If you're going to make claims, let's not get emotional. Let's provide multiple sources to support what it is that you're claiming. And let's not have any personal attacks, no ad hominem. Because in theology, that has no place in the kingdom because that doesn't glorify God. We are in the business. We are in the kingdom business to bring people towards Christ. We are in the business to for people who are in biblical error to correct those errors. And this is given to us in, in 2 Timothy 3 and 16. We can use scripture to correct our brothers and sisters who are wrong. But understand, at one time, we were wrong too. So the approach and how we do this should be one of gentleness in, and also in order to build the individual up. It's not for us to condemn. I mean, we can use the Bible to say what the Bible says because the word itself will convict and the Lord condemns. But it's not for us. It's not for us to throw people away. It's for them to show them the way and the way is Jesus Christ. All right, that's just my two cents. Y'all be blessed. Have an excellent week. Peace. In the Cut is an independent podcast written, hosted, and produced by Keith A. Jefferson. If you would like to donate to the podcast, please send donations to dollar sign KJ Preach.